surrender is the full open-hearted participation with the process of life that is happening. Okay, this is what's happening. Let me use what's happening for my highest growth and evolution and participate fully and learn what I can, where I am, with who I'm with, so I can make the most of it. This is surrender. Write the world-changing book that will help grow your personal brand and your business as it makes the world a better place. Welcome to the Author's Corner, hosted by Robin Colucci. Every episode, we bring you some of the most successful authors, as well as other industry experts, to share some inspiration, motivation, tactical strategy, and fun. We'll also talk about the challenges and trends in the publishing industry. Don't get stuck in the idea phase. Join the Author's Corner today. Start writing the book you've dreamed about. Hello, and welcome to the Author's Corner. I am your host, Robin Colucci. And today, I hope that you find this episode to be balm for the soul, because I have with us a very special guy, Coot Blackson, who is a beloved inspirational speaker and transformational teacher. Coot speaks at countless events that he organizes around the world, as well as outside events, including A-Fest. And YPO, that means Young Presidents Organization, and EO, Entrepreneurs Organization, groups. He is a member of the Transformational Leadership Council, which is a select group of a 100 of the world's foremost authorities in personal development. Coot is the winner of the 2019 Unity Thought Walden Award and is widely considered the next generation leader in the field of personal development. His mission is simple to awaken and inspire people across the planet to access their inner freedom, live authentically, and fulfill their true life's purpose. Blackson has authored two books, You Are the One, A Bold Adventure in Finding Purpose, Discovering the Real You, and Loving Fully, which was published by Gallery Books, a division of Simon & Schuster, and most recently, The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go, published by Tarcher Pedigree, which is an imprint of Penguin Random House, and was released in May of 2022. I invited Coot on to the show because it's my observation and opinion that the world right now can seem so chaotic and dealing with problems that appear to be so far beyond the scope of anything that we can even possibly have an influence upon, right? A lot of times I even struggle with feeling like I'm at the impact of what's happening around me without being able to do anything about it. I don't live there, but I definitely have those moments. And by the way, this can really get in the way of you beginning, working on, or completing your book. So I hope you will listen with extra care and attention as Coot shares with us the power of surrender and how surrender is the key to accessing our inner sense of empowerment and also the key to enhancing our effectiveness in the world. Enjoy. So, Coot, welcome to the Author's Corner. Thanks for having me. Well, I'm really happy to have you here. And as I was thinking about your coming onto the show today and thinking about your message and the various ways that you deliver it. And I was reflecting on something that has become, I guess, particularly something that I've become aware of recently, just in some conversations with friends 
who I would say I normally consider to be very powerful people who are feeling quite powerless in the environment that we're in right now with political stressors and climate change, the polarization that we're dealing with in the United States, gun violence, you know, all of these things. And people are feeling powerless Mm. in the face of this. When I was thinking of you coming to join us today, I thought, have you kind of perceived this around people? And, you know, what is your take on this sense of powerlessness that I'm referring to? Is this anything? What would you have to comment on that? Yeah, I really believe that real power is within us all. And the real freedom is inside of us. And there is a power inside of us. The more we connect with that, the freer we become. And the true reality is you cannot control the world. Mm -hmm. You cannot control the government. You cannot control what people do. You cannot control what a president does. You cannot control what a mayor of your city does, really. Yes, you can vote, but you can't control the weather. And so (laughs) (laughs) you can't control the political climate. You can't control the stock market. You can't control the government. You can't control crypto. Right. Yeah. What we do have power and control of is ourselves. And what we do have power and control of, yes, and it can be challenging when so much around us seems to be moving in all sorts of directions. But what we do have power and control of is ourself, our words, our thoughts, our actions, our choices to a large degree. And the choice to focus on how we're going to respond and the meanings that we're going to make up about what's happening around us. For instance, yeah, people are saying we're going to go in a recession now. We're about to go to the worst recession in the world in the history of the world. And yet there are lots of people that will make a tremendous amount of money during this time. And Mm -hmm. so on one level, is it the worst time ever or is it the best time? Because many fortunes have been made during great recessions on one level. And so, yes, it's an intense time on planet Earth. We're going through a tremendous transformation in humanity. Old systems are falling apart. Old ways of doing things are falling apart. Old economic models, old things are falling apart. And I really feel during this falling apart process, it is on one level, it can be scary because it requires change. But on a whole nother level, for something new to be born, for the next level to be born, the old has to fall fall apart so that the new can emerge. And You and I, somehow, we have incarnated at this particular time in the history of humanity. We could have incarnated at any other time, but we have incarnated at this particular moment, at this particular time, that our soul chose to be here for a reason. And so, yes, scary, challenging, uncertainty, difficulty. And we can see that as something negative, but also, I think, it's how you view it. And perhaps in this emergency, something more than before is actually emerging for us to see. You know, in Chinese, the word crisis also means opportunity. And so, and so I think in this moment, we are going through a point in humanity's evolution. We are giving birth to a new humanity, a new phase, a new way of being, a new way of thinking, a new paradigm. And 
that I, requires I, change. It's like a baby that has been in the mother's womb for nine months. They have to get pushed out. Right. And sometimes that pushing out process, right, is a little uh, uncomfortable. A little uncomfortable. <laughs> and so I guess we could stay inside of the womb forever. But yes, on one level, something is dying. But the comfort of being in the mother's womb and, and held in that safety and fluid, but it's a death, but it's a birth. Uh-huh. And it's a death of one, but wow, when we're born and birthed, there's a celebration on the other side because there's something beautiful that's happening. So I think that's what's going on in any healing process. And I feel as though humanity, we are in a purification process right now. We are in a healing transformative time right now on planet Earth. And even on an individual level, mm-hmm. like when we go to therapy, we do healing, mm-hmm. we do any mental, emotional, psychological, spiritual, therapeutic work. For true authentic healing to happen, the subconscious, the shadow, the, the unresolved feelings, emotions, it has to come up to the surface. Yes. It has to come to light to be dealt with, to be looked at, to be felt, to be grieved, to be released, to be transformed and transmuted. And what keeps us stuck even on an individual level is we avoid, we suppress, we just don't deal with that stuff. And it stays buried in our unconscious and acts out in our life unconsciously. And so the fact that all of this stuff politically and divisiveness and racism and you know, all this is coming up in the consciousness of the planet for us to see. And to me, that's a sign that we are in a profound purification healing process. And the world that we see, just the last mm-hmm. thing I'll say, the world that we see out here really is a mirror manifestation of the collective consciousness of all of us combined. There is no world out here. It looks like there's a world out here, but the world out here is a projection of the totality of all of our consciousness combined. We are in relationship with ourselves. And on one level, yes, you can feel helpless. And it's easy to look at, wow, look at that president. Look at that prime minister. Look at this. Look at the wars. Look at that. But if we just stay in that, we create a sense of separation between us and the world. When we look at the world, we have to ask ourselves, do I like what I see? And if the world is a mirror manifestation of my consciousness or an aspect of my consciousness, do I like what I see? Because I can't change what's out there, but what I can change is what's in here. And then to shift the focus and take our power back and ask ourselves a question. When we look at, let's say, a president or prime minister, ah, that person is this and I hate that and I feel so powerless. Ask yourself, how am I like that? Yeah. What does this person show me about myself? And the wars and the terrorism. is. How am I at war with myself? Where am I dropping bombs of self-hatred and self-judgment inside of my own consciousness at war with myself? Internal conflicts, internal divisiveness in my own consciousness with my own humanity and judgments and my own divinity. And so what we can start doing is looking inside healing the division inside, bringing ourselves into inner integrity, inner peace inside. We want war. We want war to end in Ukraine and Russia and Yemen and, you know, Saudi Arabia and all these different places. But some of us, we won't even make amends to our parents because of what they did when we were five. But we want, we're going to go protest. It's like, doesn't work that way. The world that we see is a mirror manifestation. So what we can do Pick up the phone and say, sorry. What we can do, get out of bed and go exercise and take care of your body as a temple. And don't just worry about the climate that the world is, but mm. worry about your own climate. Mm-hmm. 
Worry about your own health. Take care of that. Because if you do that, when we make those small changes inside of our own internal reality in a world, we are beginning to do our part to change the world. Then we can take our power back. So pick up the phone and say, I'm sorry to that person. Even though you think you're right, <laughs> maybe you are right. It's still contributing to the conflict on the vibrational, energetic mm. level on the planet. And so mm. we have more power than we think. And I don't want anyone to think that, well, I can't make a difference. We can all make a difference. And we can all do our part by healing ourselves. Mm-hmm. I love that. And that really harkens to something that stood out when I watched your video on YouTube. You said, we are in the midst of the greatest spiritual revolution the world has ever seen. Mm-hmm. So I'm gathering that what you've just been describing is that is an awakening. This is 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 the process. Where do you think this is leading us? Where do you think we might end up? We're going to end up exactly where we need to end up. We're going to end up exactly in the perfect place of where we need to be. It may not seem that way right now, but the caterpillar that is in the cocoon, it doesn't seem that way. The pregnant woman that has morning sickness and is vomiting daily and it feels nauseous and feels headaches. And, you know, it's just like, doesn't feel that way, but something amazing is being birthed. And so, you know, all those places, pandemics, lockdowns, this, that, you know, whatever people's perspective on it is on some spiritual level, I believe that it is the intelligence of life that is initiating us into a whole new way of being, awakening us into a whole new way of being. It's a profound spiritual revolution that we are in right now where all those places as a humanity that we have held onto, mm-hmm. you and I, all of us, for a sense of security, my job title, I'm a CEO, my bank account, my stock market, my crypto, all those places that give me a sense of value and validation. And this is who I am, which mm-hmm. it really isn't, right. that we held onto for a sense of peace, confidence, freedom, identity has been shaken. And for some of us lost, some of us shaken up and down, that we're being forced to question, who the hell am I? I thought I was my crypto account. I thought I was my stock market portfolio. I thought I was my job. I thought I was my, maybe I'm not anymore. So then who am I? And I thought that was real. And so if that's not real, then what is real? What doesn't change? What am I? And we get to really evaluate. We're being forced to evaluate what is freedom. And you start seeing that when your sense of freedom is based on external factors and objects outside, we are just slaves. We are not free. We are not truly free. And so all those places we've held onto a sense of identification have been shaken and we're forced to go inside to connect to who am I really? And so I think that in this accelerated awakening on planet Earth, I really believe that as a species, you know, like the iPhone, right? iPhone 14 or another (laughs) another iteration. System upgrade. We are being upgraded truly in our nervous system, our understanding, Mm -hmm. our consciousness to a more awakened, enlightened state of beingness where the consciousness that 
the yogis and the mystics and the great teachers and gurus and you know masters gestated in the himalayas in the temples in the mosques in the churches of true awakening and connection we're being forced to kind of like crack open to a whole new human a whole new shall we say consciousness right at this time all of us whereas like wow if i'm not this and i'm not that and i'm not like that i'm not this i'm not my job then who am i like this is the ultimate question that they used to ask in India, in the mountains, in the monasteries, that everyone is now asking, like, during mm-hmm. COVID, like, who the hell am I? Right. I don't know. <laughs> I can't go to work. I don't feel a sense of, wow, who am I? And so that, I believe, there's a real awakening that is happening. And so I think through that, over the next few years, we are being forced to surrender. We're being forced mm-hmm. to surrender more to our truth. And so I think a whole new way, obviously, there's no perfection, but a whole new way of living a whole new paradigm that is more living as a humanity in alignment with nature, in alignment with truth, in alignment with source, in alignment with soul, in alignment with the divine principle of life, in alignment with the integration more of the feminine into our way of living. And that I think is necessary moving from a super hyper patriarchal culture to a culture that is integrated with masculine and feminine. And so On one level, I'm very excited about what is happening. I'm sure that the caterpillar is not that excited when it's like, then it's time to die. And I'm sure I don't know (laughs) if the baby is that excited. It's like time to leave your comfort zone and come into (laughs) the world, right? But this is evolution. It's evolution. And so the next level of your life, all of us, requires the next level of you. The next level of you requires that you let go of the old, requires that you let go of what's no longer aligned, requires that you let go of who you were. The challenges as human beings, we're often so identified with who we think we are, our ego self, that we hold on to who we are and what we've known for a sense of self-preservation and a sense of comfort. And mm-hmm. so I think that we are literally taking a quantum leap in consciousness mm. right now. And each generation from now will come into the planet in a more awakened, enlightened state. What may have taken you and I and my father and grandfather like years, decades to even ask the question, who am I? And then what may have taken me, many of us, years to kind of awaken more to our true nature. My children, 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 children will come in Mm -hmm. already awakened because Mm -hmm. of the nervous system consciousness upgrade that I think is really happening on planet Earth. And I think there'll be a more inclusive, integrated, holistic, harmonious planet that we live in now. What I will say, just as a side note, is life is difficult. Life is challenging. That doesn't mean it has to be suffering. There's different between difficult and suffering. Mm -hmm. Because it's true, there is pain in life. But suffering is based on the meanings that we make up. So if someone's like, I feel powerless in the world, it's like, then we have to be free in this world. It's not about the absence of challenge, the absence of conflict. True freedom is not the absence of conflict. It's the ability to embrace the conflict and find the harmony inside of the conflict. Mm -hmm. And that's freedom. And Mm -hmm. so we have to stop waiting for like, all of this to be over. Like there's going to be some <laughs> magical utopia that comes and it's good. No, the, the nature of life change. Uh-huh. The nature of life is creation, destruction, birth, creation, destruction. The nature of life, the only certainty in life 
is uncertainty, is to the nature of things. And so when we stop waiting for the world to get easier, like there's going to be some magical moment where the world get easier. Well, I don't know. I was told, like, was it 30 years ago or whenever in America, because everyone's, oh, the interest rates, oh, my God, the inflation, inflation rates, they were like, you know, 8%. An interest rate is 7 8%. I was told, someone told me they bought a home uh, 30 years ago or whenever it was, and the interest rates were like 16 15 12 right? Yeah, yeah. And it's not that bad. <laughs> and and so, so we have to stop waiting for the world to get easier and really expand our capacity to surf the waves. Mm. Life. Mm-hmm. It's an evolutionary process. And we incarnate into this human experience, not to sit down and lie down and do savasana position, but to do yoga. You go to the yoga class to do yoga, not to lie down and go to sleep and smoke a <laughs> cigar, you know, and drink a martini. You go to yoga and your lands are going to shake, and you're going to sweat a little bit. And this is the whole point. So to me, the whole point of this incarnation is to expand your capacity to love is to expand your capacity we incarnate into limitation in order to become masters in limitation Mm. and that's the whole point otherwise we would just stay in whatever dimensional realm we were before and not even come down here and so it's that you go to the gymnasium why you go to the gymnasium we go to the gymnasium and we lift those weights and to have some friction and resistance and so all that we're going through right now is a heightened version of the simulation or the video game and is a heavier version of the dumbbell that we're lifting and so i would say to all of us congratulations we've made it to the next level and we have graduated to a heavier weight during this time in the gymnasium that is life we've evolved we've grown And so one thing we have to just accept that helped me a long time ago is I stopped looking for perfection in the world. Mm. I stopped looking for perfection and freedom in the world. There is no perfection and freedom in the world. The world is impermanent. The world is transitory. The world is uncertain. And the world is constant change. We live in a three-dimensional reality here. And the one law in this three-dimensional reality is duality, a world of interdependent polaric opposites that is the nature of life. It's just the way it is. Yin, yang, up, down, black, white, positive, negative, rich, poor, uh, healthy, sick, sick, light, (laughs) dark. It's physics. That's all. Plus, minus. (laughs) Yin, yang is the Tao. Mm -hmm. It's the wholeness value. And when we understand the Tao and what it is, then you stop looking for some perfection, utopia in the world because it's not in the world, it's in you. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of heaven is within. It doesn't say the kingdom of heaven is in the stock market. The kingdom of heaven is in the White House. The kingdom of heaven is in Downing Street, is in Donald Trump or Joe Biden. No, the kingdom of heaven is within you. And when we really access that, then we, you could say, bring heaven on earth within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Heaven on earth, not because the world is perfect, not because we have the perfect economy, not because, but because we're free within ourselves. And mm-hmm. so I think when we can embrace just the nature of life, it's like if you go to the ocean, you don't go to the ocean and cry, like, why is the ocean, why are there waves? Why is it <laughs> waving? You kind of expect there to be some waves and it's going to be up and choppy. So, oh, you go to the ocean and you have a different relationship with the ocean. You're like, wow, it's a little choppy today. Okay, maybe I won't swim. 
but right. that doesn't mean I have to feel powerless and just <laughs> throw a tantrum, cry, be a victim. No, maybe I'll just sit on the beach and read a book. Maybe I'll go right. for a swim. Maybe I'll go to the restaurant and enjoy the crazy waves. The and then you look beach, at right. the waves and go, wow, look at those waves. That's insane. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> but you have a relationship with it. This mm-hmm. is life. We are in the ocean. And so the nature of the ocean is it's going to do its dance, sometimes less, sometimes more. But when we embrace that and don't resist that and surrender to that, then we can just experience it as it is. Anyway, that was a long answer. Fantastic. No, it's great stuff. It's great stuff. And as you were speaking, I was thinking of your most recent book, The Magic of Surrender, Finding the Courage to Let Go. And I thought it might be a good time for our listeners who might not all be super familiar with this spiritual idea of surrender, which is different than a more mundane uh-huh. version of surrender. <clears throat> so would you explain to our readers what you mean by surrender versus what they might assume surrender? Yeah. Is? You know, I think in our culture today, there is this misconception, I would say, that surrender is weak, that surrender is passive. That surrender is giving up. That surrender is waving the white flag. That surrender is you're going to be taken advantage of. You're going to be left behind. You're going to be a victim. You're going to be trodden on. If you surrender, you won't manifest your goals, your dreams, your desires. If you surrender, you get less in life. And I'm actually saying, no, what if you surrendered and you didn't get less, but you got more? More than you could have planned and visualized and intended. More than you could have willed your life into being. Like maybe not what you expected, but beyond what you expected. Because when you surrender, you're no longer limited to the experience and conditioning of your personality or your ego. You step outside of that. And so to me, surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do. I want people to get excited about surrender. Surrender is, how can I get people? Okay, I'm going to give an analogy. Then I'll continue just so people can get excited about surrender because we kind of know we should, but it's like going to the dentist and then I don't resist surrender. Jumping off the diving board. (laughs) If everyone here, you think about your greatest lovemaking experience. Ah. Think about everyone, your greatest lovemaking experience where you were with your partner and you ravishment, the moment, orgasm, lovemaking. Was it because you sat there and you're like, well, you had an entire script of the next <laughs> 45 minutes to two hours, the entire night. Okay, minute one, honey, turn around. <laughs> right? minute, minute two, honey, take off your jacket. Minute four, honey, kiss me for 15 seconds. Right. Minute five. <laughs> I mean, but that's how we live life. Right, right. <laughs> Trying to control everything. Oh, don't move that way. No, don't touch me that way. No, I mean, imagine we made love like that. It would be freaking torture. Awful, yeah. <laughs> but we live life that way, don't we? Mm-hmm. Trying to control and script everything. Part of why that lovemaking was so blissful is because we let go. We let go to the moment. We surrendered to the moment. We dissolved in the moment. We became one with our partner, and we just allowed life to flow through us. That's what made it amazing. That's what made it magical. That's why it was so blissful. What? So I'm simply saying, what if you live that way? Love making, life making. What if you actually live that way? Maybe life would actually also be kind of uh, blissful at the same time. And so to me, Surrender is the most powerful thing that we can do. It's the key to your next level. It's the real secret to manifestation. Surrender 
is the password to freedom, true freedom. And when I look at the great ones, the truly, truly, truly great ones, Jesus, Buddha, Gandhi, Mother Teresa, Mandela, Martin Luther King, Bruce Lee, Muhammad Ali, right? These were weaklings, you know, people. <laughs> they were powerhouses. They all surrendered themselves to life. They surrendered themselves to the divine. They surrendered themselves to the universe. They surrendered themselves to their soul, to their purpose, to that purpose that was beyond them. And in that surrender, they transcended their own human ego limitations and life was able to manifest through them and use them, right, in ways that perhaps they could not have imagined. And to me, that is the magic. That's what's available. And we all want magic. When I ask people, who wants more magic? Everyone's like, yeah, I want more magic. But we don't want to surrender. I want more magic, but I don't want to surrender. <laughs> I want more it, magic, but I it, want to control it. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't work that way. You know, I want to yeah. be healthy and fit, but I want to eat my milkshakes, donuts, and Big Macs. It doesn't work that way. You know, and so surrender is to let go of control, or I should say the illusion of control, because control is a master addiction. True surrender is when we stop trying to force and control life to fit our limited idea, when we stop trying to manipulate life and we let go of the idea of how we think life should be and who we think we should be so that we can truly embrace authentic energy of life and impulse that is truly seeking to happen. And we take the limits off of life and we're open, we're available, and we allow life to show us. The old paradigm was an ego-based model of living life which is all about, and that doesn't mean there's not a place for it. And it doesn't mean it doesn't work. It's just limiting. Old ego-based model paradigm, it was all about like, know what you want, get clear on what you want, know what you want, manifest what you want, go after it, make it happen. Great. Yeah, make it happen. It, it has a place, but it can be limiting, can be limiting. It leads to a, a good life, but not necessarily truly great life, right? And so, in surrender, the question I'm inviting people to ask is not what do I want? Because look, sometimes you do manifest what you wanted, but then maybe you've had this experience that you got what you wanted, then to realize that what you thought you wanted was not what you really wanted. It was just what you thought you wanted based on who you thought you were. And if we're not in touch with who we really are, then what we think we want is not going to be necessarily aligned. And many times our goals and our dreams are projections of unmet needs from our childhood unmet wounds that happen to, oh, I wasn't enough. I wasn't loved enough. But if I can just get that house and that car and that, you know, that fame and success, then I'm going to finally be enough. Or Never. something else that I noticed that you pointed out too, that I think is also relevant here is also like maybe what you were conditioned <clears throat> to believe you what, what should want. Exactly. Right. That you think you're supposed to want because you were, yeah. It's conditioning and then it's never fulfilling. And so the question I'm inviting people to ask, it's not what do I want? Because who is the I? What is the I? Who is this I? If it's a conditioned I version of you, then your goals are going to be misaligned. The question really is, what is it that life wants to express through me? Mm. What is it that the universe wants to express through me? What is it that the divine, God, intelligence of life, whatever people believe, fine by me. But what is it that life, what is my soul seeking to express? What is the deepest impulse the most authentic expression and impulse that wants to express itself through me and to attune to that, to feel that, to listen for that and align with that wave, align with that authentic impulse because then you are in the flow. Then you can kind of catch that wave, so to speak, 
and go into action based on alignment, go into action based on truth, go into action based on authenticity, go into action based on what is true. You know, and so to me, that's the key. And when you go into action, just for people to be clear, then you can align your personality, your ego, your mind, your plans, your resources, your money with what's authentic, giving 100%, but not being attached, not being mm. attached to the outcome. And I think that's also part of surrender. You may give 100%. It doesn't mean you sit on the couch and do nothing and just say, well, I'm just surrendering on my couch. No, you give everything you've got to what's true, truly true but you don't hold on so tightly. This way you're available to life guiding. You're available to life showing you. And I think that's part of surrender, the ability to let life lead you so that you can live with an open heart, live with an openness. And then you're not putting limits on life. And many times we get so attached to how we think something should be, how we think life should be, how we think a thing should be, that we don't realize that we are limiting the universe because we're not open because we're like, no. This person has to be my soulmate. This situation has to be the thing, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe people can think about this, an example. I'll give an example. Has there ever been anyone in your life, folks, in the past that you really wanted to be with? You met them. You felt madly in love. Oh, this is the one. This is my soulmate. This is the person. Maybe I dreams about the person. You saw kids with the person. You're like, this is it. You were just crazy. Couldn't imagine being with anyone else. And then it didn't work out and you were devastated, right? And you thought you're never going to find love again. Obviously, we mature, we get over it. And now from 2022, you look back and you think about that person and you think, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Thank God that didn't happen. But in the moment, (laughs) you couldn't imagine it. But now from a different perspective. And so sometimes what we think we want is not aligned for us. And Mm -hmm. so surrender is that willingness to just be open and available. And that's where I think the real magic happens. Yeah, I agree with you. And I think that sometimes too, if we get really fixated on a particular thing, I see this a lot with authors, like they get so fixated on having a particular bestseller status or something (laughs) that they're missing the bigger opportunity, right? Which is to create this long-term brand name by constantly sharing about your book, for example, not just trying to get the bestseller list of any particular list for one day and then disappear back into oblivion. Because ah, that's not, easy to do. Right. Anybody do. can write a check and do that, but that's not the point. Right. And yeah. so, to, to- you know, to, to your point, and I love that your podcast is called Author's Corner. I mean, because I think it's so important what you just said, the magic of surrender book in mm-hmm. full disclosure was not the book I wanted to write. The magic of surrender book was not the book I thought I was going to write. Mm-hmm. I had a very clever plan. Coot had his own plan that I was going to write another national bestselling book. This time, it was going to be New York Times bestseller. So I was like, I had a whiteboard with a strategy. What book's going to sell? What book's going to be number one? What topic? What book does my publishers want? What book does my audience want? What book? You know, all of this sort of strategic, mental intelligent thinking and I had an entire plan and maybe maybe 50 to 100 ideas I had of brilliant topics and angles and concepts. The truth is, Robin, none of those, I could have lied to myself, but none of those felt authentic. Mm. And none of those felt, I mean, some of them were cool. Mm -hmm. None of those themes and topics felt true. Mm. Like if I was honest, I'm like, no, doesn't feel 
feels like I'm trying to make something into something. And it's just like as a way to market something. And the only word on this whiteboard that felt true was the word surrender. Ah. And I thought, oh, shit. I know. Surrender. Oh, my God. <laughs> Writing about surrender. I know it's what we should all do, but I don't know if people want to know about surrender because of the misconceptions. And right. so I had to surrender <laughs> to the book about surrender right. <laughs> and yeah. through my own resistance. But when I did, everything about my life made sense. Uh-huh. My childhood, my upbringing, how my parents met, everything they lived, we lived growing up everything started making sense. And I began to realize that this was my dharma. This was my purpose. This was my destiny. This is the book that I was born to write. This was the book I was born to speak about and help that transition in consciousness with. And so then everything, like I saw that the book had a soul of its own and everything Mm -hmm. just fell into place and felt so aligned to the point where, I mean, I could speak about this book 17 hours a day. Right. And, and, and probably it, for the next several decades, right? Because it just feels so, I don't know, uh, real for me as a mission. And so I think that's a difference. But I think when we can, and I could have probably denied this knowing maybe and written a book about purpose or something else, but there will be a part of me that knows. And I think many times as human beings, when we deny the truth, we deny our calling, we deny our purpose, we deny what's guiding us, we wonder why we're unhappy. We wonder why we feel depressed. We wonder why we feel miserable. We wonder why we don't feel a sense of aliveness anymore, even though we're making money, even though everything seems fine. Why We wonder why we feel a bit off because we're not following our soul's true guidance. Yeah, I love that. And I also, I'm going to point out a nuance in what you shared too, because Something else I notice when authors go through a process of writing a book Mm. that, you know, when you're writing a book, you're putting it out in the world. And just by doing that, you're claiming a certain level of mastery and expertise. And every author I've ever worked with (laughs) gets a point, right, where you are challenged to demonstrate that mastery. This is true. You know, and that you had this massive opportunity, (laughs) even in just deciding to write it, you had to demonstrate the mastery. That was easy. Right. <laughs> right. If I knew what was about to happen over the next two years, I start writing the book. COVID happens. You know, <laughs> I'm not going to say I manifest the COVID. Right. But, <laughs> but yeah, we don't want you getting hate mail. <laughs> yeah, I, don't, I don't want to complain for that because of the book. But honestly, I was forced to go through and understand the, the subtle nuances and the big mm-hmm. strokes of surrender. But my next book is going to be how to make $50 billion. You know, that's, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> then you get to be tested in that area. Tested, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's really great stuff. And so, and that's such a universal experience. So thank you for sharing that <laughs> with yeah. our audience. Because I think that when you're in the throes of that experience, it can just seem... You know, it can seem overwhelming. It can seem like you could start questioning your own expertise because you're being so challenged in the area that you're writing about. You know, a lot of stuff. It was profound, though. You know, it was honestly, yeah. it was really profound because it was like an, an internal teacher. And I was being shown different flavors, you know, of dimensions and aspects and nuances of surrender in different mm-hmm. situations. So, for instance, when COVID happened, I was in LA for 20 some years. I couldn't imagine not living in LA. And when COVID happened, I was guided to move. No point being in LA. So I was guided to, I had a house in Phoenix, but I would go to once a month, once every few months. 
but I was going to go live in Phoenix. The thought of living in Phoenix, and nothing wrong with Phoenix. I love Phoenix, but, <laughs> this but I was like, I don't want to live in Phoenix, but this right. I was guided to. And so like, I cried when I left LA, giving wow. up my apartment for the first time. Right. You know, I was like, ah, an apartment. But you know, it was a whole identity and a history and a grieving a death of something. Then I gave up my office in LA for the first time. Right now, who knows how long this thing's going to last? So that was hard, you know, saying goodbye to friends. Ended up in, in Phoenix. And that was difficult. Was, everything was different. Mm. Fell madly in love with a woman I was sure I'm going to marry. And it was like, oh my God. And then boom, you know, mm. that didn't work out. Mm. So that took me through a whole nother nuance of surrendering mm -hmm. and letting go when you're so sure on something and then it doesn't make sense mm -hmm. and nothing makes sense. And it's just sometimes just things don't make sense. And so can you surrender when something doesn't make sense? And I got to see that one, sometimes the thing that keeps us stuck is the constant need to understand and analyze everything. Mm -hmm. And mm. so understanding that nuance of like, mm. you don't have to understand, you don't have to know. And sometimes things don't make sense. And so to surrender the need to know, the mm. need to understand, because the need to know and analyze and understand and make sense of things is another form of control. All and right. You just caught me on mine. There's mine. <laughs> There's the need to know. I got to pick know. it apart. I got to figure it out. <laughs> I'm going to cop to that one. All right. Yeah. Continue. And so, you know, the need to know and understand is another form of the ego strategy of control. Sure, absolutely. Because the ego feels, and we can talk about ego if you want, but the ego feels that if I know and I understand and I know what something is, I know what something was, I know where something's going, I know what I'm going to do, then I'm in control and I won't get hurt like I was before. So the intention is beautiful, which is why we end up trying to control everything because that's how we've been conditioned to function and survive and keep ourselves safe and protect ourselves. It's just limiting. And so, you know, part of true surrender is giving up the need to know mm -hmm. and embracing the unknown and dancing the unknown. Like, I don't know why the hell this happened, but let me just be with the pain and the grief and let that move through. And so that I can really open my heart again. So, I think it's important for people to know that there is a difference between acceptance and surrender. Mm. Acceptance is not surrender. Ah. You can be in a place of acceptance. Okay. My wife is what she is. My husband is what he is. I don't like what he is, but <laughs> damn it, I'll just accept it. But I'm a little pissed <laughs> off about who he is or who she is. And I'm going to kind of hold back a bit of my love until they change, but I'm not going to leave the relationship. So you're accepting, mm, but, but you're, you're still kind of, holding on to a the layer of toleration mm -hmm. and surrender is the full open hearted participation with the process of life that is happening. Mm -hmm. The full open hearted. Okay. This is what's happening. Let me use what's happening for my highest growth and evolution and participate fully and learn what I can, where I am with who I'm with. So I can make the most of it. This is surrender. Acceptance mm -hmm. is, it is what it is. And, you know, <laughs> right. Right? and yeah, so yeah, yeah. to truly, here's the key, and I think this will help some people, to truly surrender. There's a phase between acceptance and surrender that most people miss, mm -hmm. and it's grieving. Mm -hmm. Surrender is a death, a death of who you were, a death of an idea, a death of an identity, a death of a dream, a death of a relationship. A relationship. Right. Surrender is a death in some A death way. of an old version of you. 
a death of an old version of you, a death of an old identity, a death mm-hmm. of an old story. It's a death, right? And that version of ourselves. And so ego doesn't want to change. It doesn't want to let go. Ego doesn't want to change and let go because holding on to who we believe ourselves to be is a way for the ego to reinforce its existence. And the ego's job is to reinforce its existence and to keep us safe again, the best way, which is limited, that it knows how. And so ego wants everybody else to change, but it doesn't want to change. And this is the nature of the ego. And so to grieve is the portal. Grieving is the portal to true, authentic surrender. Mm. And the challenge is, as human beings, we tend to avoid the grieving. We sometimes think that, and we're not taught to grieve and feel our feelings in our culture. And so we're kind of, we're afraid that if we grieve, maybe it will never end. Right, we're we get afraid stuck that there. If we yeah. grieve, we're going to get stuck there. It will be overwhelming. It will be too much. We won't handle it. Or we do a spiritual bypass. Like, uh-huh. no, no, I've got to stay in a high vibration, law of attraction, high vibration, high vibration. Uh-huh. Don't acknowledge the grief, not realizing that all feelings remain present until fully felt. And the feelings we don't deal with, we will just end up manifesting in toxic and unhealthy ways. And we'll keep attracting situations in our life that reflect the unprocessed grief that we haven't dealt with. The other way, this is a sneaky way. Sometimes we don't allow ourselves to grieve the end of something, the end of a relationship, the end of a person, the end of whatever, because there's a feeling of, if I... I don't want to grieve because if I don't grieve the fact that my mother has died, as an example, then maybe I don't have to really acknowledge that it's really happened. So it becomes a way to hold on to that person in some way by not grieving. It's a form of denial. Mm -hmm. But we have to realize that no feeling lasts forever. All feelings that are fully felt will dissolve, right? And feelings that aren't felt fully will manifest in unhealthy ways. And so when we can understand that, then you understand that grief happens in stages, grief happens in layers. And to truly surrender, you have to grieve to allow the past to be released, the past to be honored, the past to die, that aspect, that version of yourself to be released and die so that you can truly open your heart again, truly let go, be available, be open to the new, be open to embracing the new. And so in terms of grief, one thing I would say, Because sometimes people tell me, but I have grief and I've cried. I still feel it. It doesn't go away. Sometimes we think that we're feeling our feelings, Hmm. but we're actually thinking about our feelings. Ah, And we're actually not feeling up. We're actually thinking about our feelings, judging our feelings, analyzing our feelings, wallowing, talking about, telling ourselves a story about our feelings, but not feeling them. Hmm. When we feel our feelings fully, the layer of that feeling dissolves. Some feelings have more layers than others. And so what I just invite people to do as a practice is to ask yourself, what have I not grieved? During COVID, there were a lot of dreams, a lot of you know dreams that died that didn't happen. And so if we don't acknowledge that, it can be hard to get excited again and open your heart again to go for new possibilities because you're still carrying the grief of the death of those dreams that happened in 2020 and 2021. And it's hard to be excited again about, I'm going to believe again when stuff died and you're still feeling a bit raw about that. And so what I would just say finally is take the label off of the feeling. Don't even call it grief. Mm. And just experience the sensation. Mm. Experience the sensation 
without resistance in your body, without resistance, without trying to get rid of it, do something right. about it, trying to understand it, but or just or try to fully, cover it up with other things, you know, fully just <laughs> being with it. Yeah. And whenever you can just be with your experience fully in your body, mm-hmm. you'll start seeing that the sensation has a natural cycle. It will not last forever. When you're with it, you experience it. Then you're truly feeling it. The feeling has a natural cycle and it will dissolve. And that's how we start to sort of clear the grief. And then layer by layer by layer, surrender also opens up on the other side. Yeah. And I love that you shared that too, because there is a real, like you can, there's a somatic element to it, right? Like you, you can feel the different kinds of, Sort of, I mean, this happens, I won't say you, in my own experience, right? My father died last year. And so like, sometimes it feels like acid in my gut, you know, and other yeah, times yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. like just like a heavy sort of inky yep. blue kind of, but it's like, there's definitely very distinct colors, if you will, or sensations. But I love what you're sharing with our listeners, because I think it's, and with me, but I think it's so, what I love about getting into the feeling and getting attuned to the feeling is then you remove the it's really the analytical side, the ego defense doesn't really have a lot of openings if you're just attuned. Being with it. Sense. You're just being with the yeah, feeling in relationship with it completely. And when we are in relationship with the feeling completely, just being with it, no resistance, no judgment, it begins to dissolve. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Brilliant. Coot, I feel like I could listen to you all day. It's just uh-huh. something to watch you. <laughs> but I know we both have other things we have to do. So just quickly, I'm going to throw one final question at you. This is my signature question that I like to ask all the guests and ambush all my guests with at the end, <laughs> which is what question have I not asked that you would love to answer? And it can be any question at all. I'll be honest, I think you've asked a lot of great questions. And so off the top of my head, I can't say, oh, there's a question that I've wanted you to ask me that you haven't asked. I feel very at peace with the questions you have asked me. And, oh, you know, wonderful. this might sound... All right. This I might hear sound, you. All right. I'm going to help you yeah, out. Help me out. Ask whatever you would, right. ask whatever where, you would like can, to ask. All right. Then I'm going to throw... Where can people find you? Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> couple of ways. I would say get the book, The Magic of Surrender. Mm-hmm. It's a simple book. It's a life-changing book. I wrote it for a, that even a 13-year-old could read it. So check out the book. I think it's quite inspiring. Amazon, get the paperback version. It's available right <laughs> now. My website, kootblackson.com, K-U-T-E, Blackson, B-L-A-C-K-S-O-N.com. All my info's there. Twice a year, I do an event to Bali in July and December. It's called Boundless Bliss, 12 Days, Transformational Experience. That's life-changing, www.boundlessblissbali.com. I have a podcast called Soul Talk. Every week I share inspiration on it, iTunes, Spotify, etc. Check that out. And Instagram and Facebook. Coot Blackson on Instagram and Coot Love Now on Facebook. Well... <laughs> I'm sure our listeners want to find you in several of those places because this has just been an amazing conversation. And thank you again for being with us on The Author's Corner. Thanks for having me. Thank you for tuning in to another amazing episode of The Author's Corner. You're one step closer to writing the world-changing book you've dreamed about for years. 
To access today's show notes and other helpful resources, simply visit our website at theauthorscorner.com. A positive review would be appreciated. Until next time. 